it minimizes the years and years and years that it could take to learn this stuff. And like having that mentorship can just cut down that time to where you can go from point A to was like no placements, not knowing how to do everything that you need to know how to do to get a placement to like having TV placements. I feel like that's really valuable. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Yo, what's good? Welcome back to another episode of the Music Is My Business podcast. We are here at NAM 2023 with my guy, Excalibur Zero. We were both a part of an amazing Saint panel um, here at NAM, and it was it was crazy. Like the joint, the room was packed. It was a crowd outside the room that couldn't make it in, and it was a line wrapped around the side wall. So it was crazy. We dropped a lot of gems, and we had to hop on this joint and, and have another conversation. You've been on the podcast before, man. But uh, how's it going, bro? How you feeling? Good, man. Definitely was uh, crazy and surreal to see that amount of people show up. Yeah, and uh, kind of you know pick our brains and, and learn from us, and you know feel like there's a lot of good information there. Yeah. The panel was put together really well. Shout out to the figures for putting everybody together. Facts. And yeah. one uh, area, I feel like there's a lot of good sync gems that were dropped. So yeah, yeah. Big honor to be a part of that experience. Yeah, man, absolutely. I think um, I think Sega is like one of those things where people are realizing that you know it's an opportunity, as, especially as an independent musician, artist, songwriter. Um, it's an opportunity to take advantage of, and it's like a space that's wide open that allows us to monetize our music, man. So tell people, I guess, how you kind of got started in the sync space. I know you got background working with an actual library, which I feel like is incredible insight just to see that whole operation. So I guess talk about that. For sure. So I started off, uh, I went to Full Sail University, and they have a career development program, and they had a couple of internships lined up after I graduated that they gave me. That's what they told me that I could kind of take. And one of them was working for a music library. And I always saw people on SoundClick and the SoundClick era that people would have like MTV placements or stuff like that on their site. So, but I never really knew how to get into that. Yeah. So then when I got the internship, I saw the whole, uh, the, the criteria they had, and it was about sync licensing. So they said some of the things that they needed, they preferred a composer. I tried out for it. They gave me a seven month internship. And then uh, I got on full time. Like some of the things I did was like metadata. I felt like all the metadata for all the tracks in the entire catalog. Right. I did cue sheets. I did a curated playlist for music supervisors and editors and production companies. And I got a lot of different insight uh, as far as sync licensing, but at the same time I was able to create. And I was a producer where I was just making beats for like artists and stuff like that. Right. So that really gave me a chance to work with people who were already established in this lane because some of the co-founders co were actually composers as well. So they let me pick their brain and kind of learn from it. And that's how I kind of got my opportunity from sync licensing and grew to where I am. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I feel like a lot of people kind of you know they want to they want to jump from day job to like full time sync overnight, but I feel like the approach you took was like, yo, like let me link up with a company who does it and work in it, and like let me learn because you can ask questions while you're there and just kind of get that information and insight. I think that that was a, a really dope approach. Question, um, man. So I guess, dude, what was your first placement? I always like to ask people, like, what was that that first one and that just kind of set everything off for you? It was uh, Skin Wars on GSN and. It was cool because I was actually in the production company's office and they were going through the music and they were sitting in something called an editing bay. And that's where they're actually editing the TV show. Okay. It's like a little studio with some speakers and they have like Avid or kind of like Final Cut Pro or, you know, Premiere Pro. Mm -hmm. And they're 
you know, going through all the music for the scenes and they're like, this track isn't working, this track isn't working, we're looking for something like this. Mm -hmm. So then my boss tells them where to look as far as one of the folders and my track was one of the ones that are on the top of the list and they played it and they're like, yes, like this was perfect. Yeah. And to me, that track was kind of trash. Like honestly, <laughs> I thought it was trash, but it was cool because it was my first placement. I never heard my track used ever. Okay. So being able to hear that live, you know, obviously I had the butterflies in my stomach when it went to my track, yeah. but it was cool to be able to see that going to fruition because, you know, a few months later after they were done with production, uh, it was placed and I was actually able to hear a crazy, I was, I was hyped. Yeah, man. Nah, I, I feel you that, that excitement, man, from getting the first one is, it, it's like no other, man. I think it fuels you to, to go harder, man, and, and push. Um, what was, what was your strategy? Like after the first one, was this like, yo, I want to see, you know, what I can make of it or sign more deals, get more places with the same company. Like what was the next step for you after that? You've tried getting TV placements on your own. You've taken the courses, you've done the pitching, you've done the research and the studying, but for some reason you keep hitting a brick wall and hearing no, and you don't know why. Well, one thing you need to know is that there's always a reason why, and it may be time for you to seek mentorship so you can find out exactly what's going wrong in your process. So I want to invite you to apply for my three month producer mentorship program where you're going to learn how to implement my 60-day music licensing plan. You're going to learn how to increase the chances of your music getting placed, and you're going to receive detailed music reviews prior to submissions to minimize publisher rejection. I'm going to walk through the entire process with you to get you to your first music licensing deal within 90 days. If you want to get one of those slots, make sure you go to producermentorship.com to apply. And if you're a good fit, I'll be sure to reach out to you when another slot opens up. To apply, go to producermentorship.com. Dot com. That's producermentorship.com. Last time, producermentorship.com. Now let's get back to the show. That's a good question, man. I was very loyal. I'm still very loyal to but I was very loyal to the company I was working with. Okay. So I didn't even want to approach any other uh, libraries to work with at that time. I was just with them. And I think what it really, uh, I needed to kind of see is like, I would try so many different styles. Even that placement that I got was way out of my style. Okay. And I think that I was so focused on trying to try to get every single type of placement yeah. instead of honing in on what I'm really good at and actually landing that placement, like really honing in on the style that I'm really good at creating and taking over and fulfilling what that library lacked. If that library lacked in a specific style and I could create more and more, yeah. feel that style, that that's what uh, really helped me uh, kind of navigate my uh, process. That's dope. That's interesting that you said find where the library is lagging. And, and and you talked about this on the panel too, of like becoming a go-to person for something that they may not have. I think that's, that's a dope approach. So like, talk about that. Like, do you feel like it's beneficial uh, or it seems like it's beneficial to be more of a specialist than like a generalist that knows how to do everything and wants to submit everything. Like what's been your approach there? That's definitely a question I get a lot is that people like who are trying to get into sync, they want to be versatile and not be trapped into one style. Right. And I do encourage that, but you need to get to a point where you're comfortable making that one style and then venturing out instead of like trying to do everything at once. Yeah. And what uh, really helps me is that I got an opportunity for this uh, show that I talked about it in the panel earlier called Real Housewives of Potomac. It's based out of uh, DC area okay. from Northern Virginia. Yeah. And it's like the DMV area, that's what they call it. And one of the popular styles of music that's out there that's kind of low, low key and underground is go-go music. Yep. So 
they had uh, Restyle asking for music and go-go for Will Housewives of Potomac. And I was key to that style. I already knew that style of music, so I was able to supply that. Yeah. I became the go-to person. So every time they needed more music, they keep coming to me. And I was like the main person. I got a lot of placements that way. And then uh, every season after that, they kept reaching out to me. So that's one way. And I like to say that music for TV is about one to two years behind. Yeah. So if you can make the current style and implement it in the TV style, yeah. it's really going to help you take over. So like I, I made this example before that like, if you can make drill music, when drill was kind of popping, yeah. it was a, uh, it was a, uh, the drill excuse, music. Excuse me, sir. We got, it was a camera recording. No fuss. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I was able to, so a couple years ago, uh, a library hit me up and asked for music and I was, I made drill music. And it wasn't, I, had, I hadn't, hadn't seen the library have any drill music. So I, since I knew drill was kind of popping at that time, I made that and that, not sure, like those tracks for that library are still really doing really well for me because I was early on to that wave. So if you can supply a style of music that they really lack, you're going to take over. You're going to land way more opportunities that way. And then once you start getting comfortable, then venture out and start dealing with the styles. Yeah, that makes sense, man. I love it. Like, the, so when you talk about like music, like a genre of music that's popular, how do you convert that? to something that's functional for TV? That's a great question, Maverick. I think it's about understanding the context of how your music is being used. If you just make like a regular trap beat for an artist, right? Most likely those style of tracks spit in a specific type of scene, like B-roll, right? B-roll is when they're, you know, shooting the scene, they're sh having the different city landscapes and stuff like that. I know for a fact, like most of those tracks for artists, let's say if I'm making a trap beat, will fit well for B-roll or will fit well for like drama scenes and tension scenes. Right. So it helped me working for the library because I was under able to understand a different context, like underscore, or like the comedic stuff, like, you know, the comedy stuff or comedy moments or like drama or tension and stuff like that. Yeah. So I can make a drill track and infuse that with drama. I can make a drill track and infuse that with comedy. And that, so just understanding the context of how your music is going to be used will really help. And you can do that two ways. You can either watch a TV show and mm -hmm. see how it's being used, yeah. or you can go on a music library's website and see how they categorize their library, how are the genres set up, yeah. how do they have everything structured and stuff like that. That kind of will help with navigate and making the right type of music for the styles and dramas that are uh, Yeah, I love it, man. And I feel like that's a, that's a big thing that um, holds a lot of producers back specifically because um, they could have dope production, but because they didn't do like the research that you just pointed out um, and because it's not structured properly, they still hear no, they don't know why. Right. You know, some companies won't tell you exactly like what's wrong with it. They'll just be like, no, it's not what we're looking for. Uh, so that's great, man. Like, what do you feel like are, are some of, say top three mistakes um, that you see producers make, artists make when they're trying to get their music placed in TV and film? If you're a producer and you want to get your music placed in TV and film, but you just don't know where to start, the Road to 10 Placements is where you start. This is the ultimate blueprint to landing your first 10 TV placements, and it's the exact blueprint I use to get started in sync without having any connections or without having any placements. This course is going to teach you how to produce, prepare, and pitch placement-ready music for TV. This course has helped producers all over the world get placements on networks such as MTV, NBC, VH1, NBA Network, Hulu, 
Hulu, Netflix, and a bunch of others. Listen, it took me seven years to get to my first TV placement, but this course has helped producers see TV placements in as little as six months, which is insane. So this course can help you go from zero placements to TV placements fast. Enrollment is now open, so go to roadto10placements.com. That's road to the number 10 placements.com. Make sure you use the discount code podcast20 to take 20% off at roadto10placements.com. Go enroll today. I feel like just blindly submitting to a library, thinking that they're just going to accept your music and not really understanding why you're getting denied. Like, what is the process that that library requires? Are you even reading their library? Like, are you just going on that library site because you saw on the list and just submitting because you got their email? Yeah. Or do you, are you doing your research, looking on their website, seeing what type of music they're specializing? See, what's the best way to contact them? Do they prefer disco? Yeah. Do they prefer Dropbox? So I think that like having the best approach as far as researching the library is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is like not having that, uh, you know, that, that mindset. And then another one is the structure. Uh, you talked about that a little bit earlier. The structure for sure is important. We cannot have like a 30 second, 45 second intro yeah. and expect them to listen to that whole intro. If you think about the concept of TV, the intro is happening very fast. They're getting into the scene immediately. Yeah. So I think that having your music structure properly is uh is really gonna help me and another mistake is becoming a professional these guys are not your friends don't talk to them like you're talking to an artist that's you know it's a different approach when you're reaching out to these people the professionals trying to supply for their clients yeah and you want to be as valuable they want to be as valuable as they can to their clients so they're keeping that professional mindset you got to have that mindset with them yeah. think about how you can approach them provide them value uh, and, you, and approach them with that professional mindset to come off like with a suit and tie a little bit not too over the top but yeah. it's like Oh, good morning. How's your day? Yo, like that type of stuff, but just be very, you know, full forward and uh, yeah. forward. I like that, man. Like professionalism is is huge, and I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, they skip that class in life. It's like a class of professionalism. Because yeah. even like I'll get emails, and I'm not, I'm not even like a supervisor or a library. I still get submissions for whatever reason, but I'll get like an email. In like a paragraph in the subject line, nothing in the in the body of the email, just attachments. You know what I'm saying? So like, how would you recommend approaching an email? Like, say you went to a website, you found a music library, they have the email address there. How do you structure out emails? Or like, what's what's your approach? And you're reaching out for. I like to keep the email short and sweet. Okay. Um, there's a few tricks you can do with the subject. I know that once when I was looking for a music library, somebody had the subject that said music and it was all lowercase. Okay. For some reason, that always stood out to me. Okay. And it's not like I don't I don't think you necessarily always have to do that. It's sometimes it's good to say composer submission oh. or something. Okay. But just if you want a high open rate, that definitely works. I know for sure that works. Okay. Um, but it's just a little trick that I I learned from working at a music library. Okay. Keep it short sweet uh keep professional mention what projects they have that you really like that they worked on they, you know like actually do your research and listen to what they're creating and saying hey you know i noticed you did music for this show i really enjoyed the music for this show i feel like it gave it a modern feel yeah. and then introduce yourself briefly don't give your whole bio a whole life story and just have like a link to your tracks and then keep it you know short and sweet but three to five you know three to five tracks something crazy yeah. you don't need a whole album unless they ask otherwise or some writers will ask for otherwise when you submit more but the safe spot is between three to five have a link uh and then sometimes not even asking you know having a linking uh on the first approach depending on who you're working with but no and i've heard that actually today from you actually that's a that's a good point because i've seen that before yeah but uh i think that uh you know just keeping it short sweet professional and uh not going over the top and not always i'm like having that ask feel like what like here you know like 
I need something like a favor from you. More right. like, I'm supplying you value by creating great reason. Yeah. I'm going to make your life easier by being reliable. That's so that's right. kind of the attention we want to have with the life that you know. Yeah. Love that, man. Make it, make it lives easier. Like with you working with a, a library that, you know, early on, what, what did you all find that made like the, the library's life easier? Like people who were working at the library's life's easier. If you're not using social media to build your brand as a producer, then you're missing out on a ton of opportunities and money to grow your music production business. That's why I'm pulling back the veil on my social media growth strategy, giving you all the tools you need to be able to grow your social media as well. Now, the goal of this course is not to teach you how to attract a bunch of random followers, but how to attract targeted followers who will soon become loyal customers and clients using the power of social media. So if you're a producer, if you're an artist, a songwriter by the end of this course you will learn how to increase your following and income with social media how to create an effective content strategy and how to build influence and trust with your followers so if you're ready to step your social media game up just go to clintproductions.com courses to enroll today that's clintproductions.com courses one more time clintproductions.com courses enroll in the social media growth for producers and use the discount code podcast 20 so you can save a little bit of money Let's Let's go. For sure. I feel like someone who just uh, pays attention to the detail, because we have submission guidelines. So okay. if a composer starts submitting music, let's say they got accepted, and we tell you, we need the, the track title like this, we need the album work on this, uh, we need these stems, they can't say, like, no drums with B-R-M-S, that's to say B-R-U-M-S, like, a certain way you spell the stem. Yeah. And you're making me have to go in and uh, fix those things yeah. because you didn't look at the PDF we sent you. That's making my life a lot harder. And I feel like that's not adding value to my life. That's taking time out of my life. So if you can just do things that, you know, where you show you're very easy to work with and reliable, that's really going to set you apart. And just being professional by maybe having a website, it's a landing page directly to them, like showing that you take this seriously, that you put effort into this. You, just, you didn't just throw your music on a SoundCloud link and just submit it and just say, here, here you go. You actually like show that you're easy to work with and you want to work. Yeah, nah, I love that, man. Like making life easy and following instructions. Um, like the guidelines are there for a reason, man. And it's, it's so important. I can't stress enough. Like, you know, it's just plenty of situations where it's like you tell somebody like do this, this and this. And then for whatever reason, they feel like do the opposite to stand out. It's like, no, like literally I want to do this. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I love that, man. So like what what are some things you're working on now? Because I know, you know, you're you're heavy in the in the community and content creation too, and educating people in this space, like what are some things you have going on to, to help producers and artists and songwriters um, like break into sync, man? For sure, I, I, I teamed up with this company called Heat okay. and they do uh, like B-selling courses and tips and stuff like that and nice. really create that uh, avenue and I noticed they're professionals about like how well they work. Yeah. And so I teamed up with them and pitched the idea to do sync licensing and have a sync licensing course. So we did that okay. and it's like a, a window of opportunity where like it's open for a certain amount of time where you can enroll. Okay. And we do also a mentorship program which is an idea that meshed to me which is really dope because I, I get to sit with a handful of people and really help them step by step and give them like homework and assignments to really get into that professional mindset and like the workflow that you're going to be having with sync licensing. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. And then after I'm done with this mentorship, I really want to start opening up my own agency. I feel like I have a, there's so many different talented musicians out there that yeah. I'm coming across, whether if it's through the live stream or just asking for feedback and stuff like that. Right. And I really want to provide that lane for them, especially working with signature tracks that with music library, I went for it. And I learned so many ins and outs, how to actually supply demand 
uh, for these companies and stuff like that. And I have the administration work so I can easily teach that and have somebody else do that as well. So I feel like that's the next step of where I want to do. And then continuing to put out content, collaborating, yep. going to events like this, yeah, working with talented people like you and just like really building up a big network to yeah. really take over and give people opportunities that they're looking for. Yeah, man. I love it, dude. Like, I feel like, um, like, especially today, having like things like, like your mentorship program that, that you're doing it and the courses, like, man, it, it just, it minimizes like the years and years and years that it could take to learn this stuff. And like having that, um, that mentorship can just cut down that time to where you can go from point A to was like no placements, not knowing how to do everything that you need to know how to do to get a placement to like having TV placements. Um, I feel like that's really valuable in our, our, our space, our community today. Uh, so shouts to you, man, for, for doing that stuff and, um, and being genuine and like really trying to help people um, learn about this, man. Um, so I think that's super dope. So if people wanted to find more information about that, like how can they, they get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on Excalibur Zero on all social medias. If you're on YouTube, it's Excalibur Sync. But uh, everything else is Excalibur Zero. I put free information out. So even if you can't afford a course, whatever like that, I'm still showing you step by step of how you you know how you can achieve the the results you're looking for as well as clan man he's out here doing the same thing and he's Damn. killing it he's giving out a lot of great information so i definitely think that uh if you're out there the information is there for you yep yep it's it's up to you to implement it man we give you the plays um it's just up to you to run the play and and make something happen with it so appreciate you bro for chopping it up with you it was great being out here and being on the panel and just sharing the information with you bro so wishing you the best and, and much success Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.